Previously on Milkshakes and Mimosas Andrew did not find cannibalistic fetuses noteworthy. Sophie's brain exploded after learning about Edgar Evernever's homemade rocket plot, and the long-simmering conflict between Jason and Valeska finally and shockingly came to a head. One and two and three and four. There's murder and intrigue But the kids of Riverdale are gonna be just fine Just fine, just, just fine There's Jughead and Betty And Dad's a serial killer serving some jail time Jail time, jail, jail time We got milkshakes at Pops And mimosas at Veronica's Yeah, the kids of Riverdale are gonna solve some crime Some crime, some, some crime Cause the kids of Riverdale are gonna still be fine Maybe damage, damn, damn, damn And sit right down, you're gonna have a real good time With Team Cheryl Who's Archie? Hello and welcome to another fantastical episode of Milkshakes and Mimosas, the only podcast. The only podcast, full stop. The only, the only podcast. That's it. That all other podcasts have stopped existing. I definitely didn't just have a massive brain fart 18 seconds in and was about <laughs> to restart the recording until she's just like, "Nope, it's the only podcast." So that's right. It's I true. Saved it's, it. It's the only pot. It's been saved, man. Much like Archie is saving the kids of Riverdale. We will get to that later. But this time we're going to be talking about two specific episodes of Riverdale, and that is episode four and episode five of the latest season. Five and, and six. Uh, five. Oh, what? Oh, God. My math. My math <laughs> is terrible. Um, yeah. No, it's definitely five and six because we did four episodes last time. So... Uh, you know, this is a great start to the podcast. A minute in and you're already understanding how unprofessional and unqualified I am to host a podcast. But hey, it's fine. I'm not here alone. I have Jason with me. Hello, Jason. Hi. Um, I, I'm actually terrified that this um, podcast is getting way too fucking professional and people are going to start listening to it and discovering that I'm a person who talks about fucking Riverdale on the internet. And then... Um, my marriage will be over. So we I all mean, share that fear. Uh, I'm I don't. I don't share that fear. I'm looking forward to it. I don't have a marriage to be over, so I can't wait. I mean, I really want to be like referenced in like a divorce suit. Like, I, I want to. Wow. I want to be an addendum in that. Like that would be great. Uh-huh. I'd be like, you know, be like, hey, cool. Reach mm-hmm. for the stars, um, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, my children are going to say, "Juniors, Daddy, why, why?" And I'm going to say, Andrew. And I'll be like, mm, it's fair. He's he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. Much like a Tucci bag. He's not wrong. Mm. Um, so you yes. gonna introduce me or what? Uh, I mean, I guess. I guess I could introduce <laughs> you. I mean, we could just keep going. Uh, yes, that is Valeska. Hello, Valeska. Hey. How's it going? <laughs> uh, pretty great. Pretty great. Looking forward um, to uh, breaking down some FBI bullshit later on. Can't wait. I'm can't sure wait. it's... As long as it's going great, it's going better than the first two minutes of this podcast have. So let's get right into it. Well, I mean, well, before, before actually, we get started. Uh, yes, I, sorry, I was so about Jason, to lead into that. So What? You yes. and I exchanged some very strong words last episode. We did? Very strong curse words, actually. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I just wanted to say I'm so sorry for lashing out at you, and to show how apologetic I am, I've written you a haiku. Oh, well... It was all worth it then. Okay, you, you want to hear it? Uh, yeah, of course. Okay. <clears throat> River Punch for Life. You'll always be my Betty. Oh. Never watch this show. <laughs> <laughs> I give that haiku 40 trillion River Punches. Aw, came from the heart. It, that, yes, I'm, I'm still coming from the heart. That was wonderful. <laughs> that was wonderful. It is, it is unclear if that will be a further addendum in the divorce court hearing, but <laughs> we, we, we shall see. How many river punches shall your divorce be rated? Oh my god. <laughs> Let's not go down that road. Probably that remains to be seen. It remains to be seen. I'll, I'll rate it, it after. Okay, fair, 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 fair. It's good to know. It's good to have plans in the future. Yeah. That'll be a Patreon special. <laughs> <laughs> Live for the proceedings. 
So let's finally get into it. Let's talk about the fifth episode of this season of Riverdale, where we have a masked vigilante. Oh, yes, we must. We must talk about a masked (laughs) vigilante saving a underprivileged child from a harsh reality. Oh, wait, that's the plot to The Mandalorian. Let's get back to (laughs) Riverdale. Where the same thing is happening, but it's worse. And instead of having a helmet, he just has a terrible-looking hoodie. An outfit so bad, everyone made fun of Spider-Man for having it in 2000. I would pay... $40 $40 million to see Nick Nolte on fucking Riverdale. Uh, I mean... Can you imagine looked, what that would be like? We haven't opened every dumpster, so we don't know. Could be. <laughs> uh, Nick Nolte definitely lives in a dumpster. That's a fact of life. Just uh, drinking. Yeah, so basically, Archie is patrolling the streets of a mysterious alley. Okay, Jason... If you were to name a an alley where, you know, some bad things happened, but, like, could also conceivably, if you were developing a city, you would name an alley this, um, what would you choose? Um, we'll call it, um, hmm. Are you being serious that something that it would actually build a city around because i feel like it's going to be something um incredible like uh fucking uh shit pile alley or something like that look okay deadpool way to break out the jokes break the fourth wall of my entire way of being funny. <laughs> okay <laughs> wubba lubba dub dub rick way to ruin everything <laughs> anyways wow. go, go traumatize a mcdonald's employee you yes, just named name like everything i hate in my in life <laughs> In one sentence. <laughs> Sketch Alley. It's named Sketch Alley. Okay. Yeah. It's unclear if this is the official name on, like, the leases, but, I mean, if Jughead's using it, it just seems like it's probably a thing. So, you know, yeah. he tries to do it. He he saves one kid, uh, one, like, mugger, and then he gets maced. So he's clearly not doing great. <laughs> um, gets maced? Yeah, yeah, he just gets maced. He's like, oh, miss, are you going to be okay? <laughs> that makes this like, all yeah. worth it. That's fair, that's fair. And then, um, you know, we cut to some nice, interesting, very logical sound plots featuring Betty Cooper. And now we begin Masterpiece Riverdale Theatre, where we reenact the greatest lines ever put to screen. I, of course, will be playing Charles, the least interesting character in existence, and Valeska... For this line, you will be playing Kevin, the sometimes interesting, but currently in character I see you. Okay, are you ready to begin? Absolutely. Not sure why I picked the accent. <clears throat> Excellent work, Betty. Not many people have that kind of raw instinct. You're like beautiful mind, but for serial killers. Valeska, Valeska, do you kind of want to explain what exactly is happening here in a term that is definitely more thoughtful than anyone who's ever listened to or recorded an episode or line for Riverdale? I mean, you're going to have to indulge me because I have a lot of science to drop on you right now, and it's going to take a while, so... Hey, it's okay. Put Hook me up to... Hook me up to that lie detector, which is, of course, very accurate and is not at all something that was outdated in the 70s. Okay, we are 100% going to get to the fact that she's using that with zero training, but that's coming up later. Wow. So, basically, Charles is, is an instructor of the Junior FBI Academy because, of course, he is. Kevin thinks he's a mega babe, which I attribute to the lingering cult brainwashing, but that's not really what I'm going to get into here. You, wait, wait. Before, before you continue, can you imagine how god awful of a teacher you must be to be assigned to the junior fbi instruction oh i can tell you exactly how bad of a teacher he is oh junior fbi class is made up entirely of guessing whether someone is a serial killer based entirely on their mugshots and no other data (laughs) that's That's what happened to my hunter right yeah i mean it's definitely not problematic at all right like it's definitely not like uh you know teaching people how to profile So, I mean, speaking of problematic, 
we also get to talk about the serial killer genes. You remember that from season three, was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the jeans that Jeffrey Dahmer wore when he was doing his crimes, right? Oh, Andrew, you ignorant slut. Come on, come on, come on. All right, all right. What's the genes? Okay, we all, so... We all know that Jeffrey Dahmer was completely nude when he committed this crime, so that makes no sense at all. Hold for applause. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I just judging by the last episode, I think we do need to like get into the biology a little bit of it. I remember a certain anecdote about amoebas, but so basically, a gene is a portion of DNA that determines a characteristic or feature passed from one generation to another, like height or eye color. Alleles are basically variations on a theme and determine the way that a given trait is expressed. We're not really going to talk about CDH13 because I don't want to. This is a Riverdale podcast and not a biology podcast, but we are going to talk about the warrior gene. The super fans. I super am f- the warrior. Sorry. No, 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 no. That's that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, super fans of Dr. Phil, and I'm not trying to blow up your spot here, Andrew, may recognize it from a 2011 episode. Uh, so basically, back in the early 90s, several studies reported a link between violent aggression and a gene on the X chromosome that encodes for an enzyme called MAOA, which is said to regulate the function of neurotransmitters like epinephrine, norepinephrine, and most importantly, serotonin and dopamine, which you may have heard of. Oh yeah, dopamine. Is that? I guess that's where the word dope came from, because that's what that's how you're feeling when you're like, that's dope. It's because of its dopamine. I mean, maybe. You can Google that. Maybe. So these May- play a I role. I could, but I'm not going to. That's uh, that's because that would be the lack of being dope. I'm the least cool human on existence. Please continue saying smart things. <laughs> <laughs> these play a role in mood, emotion, stress, and the fight or flight response. And if the regulation is off, it can lead to potentially anger, aggression, and violence. Like all science, this research was used for some racist bullshit. For example, a study in New Zealand in the early 2000s posited that Maori men are genetically more violent because of their MAOA gene, and there have been some legal repercussions. In 2010, a man in Tennessee viciously murdered a woman, and his defense attorneys used the warrior gene defense. And it worked. He was convicted of manslaughter and not murder. Oh, ah, that's, oh, wow, that's great. I'm, I'm really glad that Riverdale is, uh, is fighting against that terrible legal precedent. Oh, wait, no, nope, they're not. Oh, great. Oh, joy. Oh. Well, see, okay, here's the thing, though. If this is all true, then surely Betty is a burgeoning serial killer, or at least has the propensity be- to become one, right? Fucking wrong, jerks. Listen right. up. Further research oh, has shown <laughs> it is actually an aberrant allele named M-A-O-A-L that is linked to aggression, and in nearly all cases, it shows up on a, the X chromosome. Why does that matter? Because having a second, correctly coded X chromosome will basically suppress the negative effects of MAOAL. So the behavior, which is already super rare, really only shows up in men, shocking no one. To add on to that... Oh, wow. One so you're sta- saying X, X chromosomes ruin the party again. No, that's not what I'm okay. saying. the opposite (laughs) one study showed that low levels of MAOA can lead to aggression in men but it actually makes women happier but say all that stuff about MAOAL is totally true and actually affects women the same way it does men just for the sake of argument Hal was a carrier right and Charles is too Mm -hmm. so the idea is that it runs in the family but Betty and Charles do not share Hal as their father so maybe Hal can pass oh. it on to Betty, but are they positing that F.P. Jones also carries it? That Alice carries hey. it? How do all these people find each other? Is there, like, a special Tinder for genetic mutations? Because speaking of racist bullshit, I could see that going really wrong. I'm definitely <laughs> swiping right a whole bunch of times on genetic mutation Tinder, though. I can tell you that right now. Genetic <laughs> mutation Tinder is where all the writers met. Um, <laughs> And they were all faking it. They were all faking it because they're terrible and they're bad. And they thought the word Tucci bag was a good word for Gucci. Oh Anyways. my god, you found that too? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh god, Hermione I can't Hermione has wait. a Tucci bag and I fucking hate it so much. Yeah, so so that's... So Betty's whole plot... Does Stanley Tucci make the... On, does Stanley some, Tucci make those bags? 
Oh my god. Actually, I know I'm working on board with the Tucci bags now. Okay, Tucci bags. I love Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci shows up, gives gives the lodges their new bags, and that's that. Uh, So my sources for this were the Genetic Literacy Project, Scientific American, Decider.com, and, strangely, Cosmopolitan. Well, uh, Valeska, my sources are Riverdale, so... uh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So so basically that's all... So all of Betty's plotline is utter trash bullshit this time because she's just obsessed about whether she has this genes. Now, you said it makes women happier, so maybe women are just happier serial killers. But, I mean, hey, that's cool. Why not? But, I mean, also she's shown empathy throughout the entire series. Well, yeah, and the big moment where she's like, oh, I was... I murdered a cat. And it was like... It was literally like for caramel there's a literally there's a flashback so betty has this dream where she's dreaming about the time that her dad made her killer cat caramel and uh it was because caramel got hit by a car and then her dad was like here's the rock i'm terrible so i just want to be clear about this so they're positing that um all serial killers are naturally born serial killers like there's it's nature only and there's no nature involved. Yeah, it's that's exactly what they're doing. Um, yeah, it seems like it seems that's like it's pretty uh, offensive. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. Like you and can't just be born a serial killer. That's fucking uh, ignorant as shit. I'm, I mean, obviously, this show is 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 doing this plotline really bad because you think that I thought they had solved this last season where they're like, oh, you have these genes, but like it doesn't define who you are. Cool. But now, it's even better. She learns that her brother has the genes. And instead of going, oh, he seems like a normal-ish guy and is fine. No, her plotline then goes to, my brother has the genes. So my brother must be a serial killer. Now we must investigate him, Kevin. And you're like, huh? This doesn't, you should, this should probably not, well, you should go with that plotline. You should just be like, ah, he's chill. Now I can be chill. Let's all be chill. No, they're making her an idiot this season. Yeah, they're not doing well with Betty. Uh, yeah, I don't appreciate it. That's Betty is my life. Okay. I don't appreciate what they're doing to her right now. I, when have you shown any affection towards any characters on Riverdale, Jason? What is happening right now? Betty's my answer to every question. <laughs> well, that is fair. That is fair. Okay, so let's get let's get this uh, plot line with uh, Veronica and her family out of the way because it's completely ridiculous and is just like is just there to again what this season has done so far is just solve every problem and every scenario it created that was kind of interesting at the end of season three and then just like bleh, 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 that phrase of words and syllables uh and that's exactly how i feel about it because they've just made it all boring they bungled the well okay never mind the cult the way that they finished the cult plot line is the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of this show so i'm okay with it but um this one they just go hey hermione you gonna get arrested and go to jail and then uh veronica's like oh but i have a whole bunch of tests to do this week so i better solve this quick so then she goes and she calls the governor and she's like Hey, Governor, what are you doing? And the Governor's like, I'm the Governor. Blah, blah, blah. Governor Dooley, this is the first time we see him. Governor Dooley, like, he looks like a melted chocolate bar of a human being. (laughs) Um, He's a boring-ass white man. And, like, as soon as you saw him, you just felt him getting erased from your mind. It was was really quite extraordinary. But because she's got... Oh, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) As you know, I always have a photo of, uh, you know governor Dooley on my uh on on my person and i just look at it as it slowly fades um (laughs) when i'm not throwing uh, beers at it anyways um so he has a she has a whole bunch of dirt on him so her mother is gonna plead guilty to all the charges but then still get released because of the corrupt governor so now she's at jail and then hiram is also out of jail because of the same reasons I think it's the same thing. Uh, what? I don't know. So they just release them out of jail? Yeah, they're both... Like, the plot line is just they they both get out of jail, and then Hiram is like, but I'm going to be mayor now. Because Hermione can't be a mayor 
excuse me, anymore. So I don't know. Uh-huh. How Governor Dooley is still in office, I guess, is just the American dream in action. <laughs> um, also, we get to be introduced to the greatest new character of them all. Guess who else has a surprise sibling, Jason? All the kids Betty? Do. Not Betty. Betty has so many surprise siblings. <laughs> we are just introducing them, killing them off, and introducing them again yes, as a I different thought. name all the time. No, it's Veronica's time to have a little bit uh, of family drama because that's course. so unusual for Veronica. Anyways, so uh, she has a new sister, and her new sister is named Hermosa. Uh, Her- Hermosa? I'm not sure if it's like a uh, traditionally like i don't know if she's also cuban because are the the like the lodges in this show are are of cuban descent correct am i correct on that valeska do you remember off the top of your head i do not okay well then i I hermosa is like i think spanish right i don't they they might be they might be spanish i'm i'm not exactly sure anyways her maybe you just introduced her because she's gonna open a fucking uh mimosa stand so she can have hermosa's mimosas (gasps) hermosas mimosas should be a thing uh and i can't wait uh but unfortunately uh so far all she does is just like hang out in the background of scenes and be like i'm daddy's favorite now and you are daddy's least favorite because there are only two of us (laughs) that actually comes up yeah he's not making that up yeah, he's not, I'm not making that up. It, is that exactly how Hermosa sounds, too? Because that would be delightful. No, she just kind of sounds boring and generic. Gotcha. Anyways, um, so let's go all the way to Stonewall Preparatory, and let's talk some Jugheadness. Oh, God, the Jughead plotline in this is just grand. We're just com- completely going Dread Poet Society and keep getting this going on. Um, so basically, uh, Stonewall Prep is having a writing competition. Well, sorry, that's introduced later. So we find out that Mr. Chippins, who is the teacher, is actually the writer for the Baxter Brothers mystery series, which at all, not at all related to the Hardy Brothers. This is totally Hardy original. Boys. Hardy Boys. I don't know, boys. And they had boys, a crossover brothers? with Tracy True. Not oh, at all wow. Nancy Drew. Yeah, they did. They had a crossover with Tracy True. You know, this show is really good at naming things so that you can't tell that it's a cheap knock-in, knock-off brand. Isn't that, though, in fairness, though, that's kind of um, like an Archie Comics thing, though. Yeah, but I'm just thinking, do you think that maybe the Asylum movie universe is what this world takes place in? (laughs) Like, so, like, the, the real versions of things don't exist, only the knockoffs, and it's just, like... That the knockoffs are the real version. Wow, this is blowing my mind. Can't wait Glamberger to write an universe. Can't wait to write my Glamberger universe BuzzFeed <laughs> article. It'll get Guys, let's go watch Transmorphers and then yeah. Titanic Two. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Chuck, it's like I only watch Transmorphers. Okay, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So uh, it turns out that Jughead absolutely loved these brothers and their mysteries. He just loved them. He got the books every year. Turns out the books were sent from his grandfather. Brrr. A new book is being released. So Arch- so Jughead goes to the place to go to the new book place to go to the party, the opening party. And at the opening party, they are having some great time. And it's just like, hey, we're all boring white people. Let's talk about how great it is that we all wrote these books. Because they have – apparently how it works is as a new – ghostwriter for every iteration of the baxter brothers and they do their mystery shit and they all take over under one name and the mr chippins is going to pass it over because there's going to be a writing competition to see who gets to be the next person but before we get to that we get introduced to my least favorite character in existence uh which is surprising because uh we got mr chippins in the same scene because he's boring (laughs) as fuck uh we have uh the turtle man um, Jason, have you seen the classic Masters of Disguise? This man looks like a turtle. There's a scene in that movie where um, Dana Carvey shows up to a party in a, in a suit, and he's bald, and he goes, am I too turtly? Am I not turtly enough for the turtle club? Turtle, turtle. 
Oh, I and remember that, that from what the trailer. This... Ew. Oh, yeah, sure. It was awful. Master Disguise. What... Fuck yeah. Yeah, but that's what this man looks like. This man looks like uh, that version of Dana Carvey. He's just really old and he's got a wrinkly face and like kind of looks like a kappa and that he also needs to poop all the time. And he... <laughs> He just, like, shows up every scene. He's like, yes, I wrote these books, and I'm such a great writer. Even though, like, like I mean, like, even the best written Hardy Boys book, you're not going to be, like, dancing around thinking you're, like, the king shit for writing a Hardy Boys book, are you? Like Hardy Brothers. Hardy Brothers. Fuck off. <laughs> you're not getting the haiku. Uh, <laughs> How dare you? Uh, but yeah, so he's really proud of this, and he's like, yes, only the best of the best write these cheap children's mystery books, which apparently have not changed at all over, uh, like, like I think it's like the 40s? I think they, oh no, is it the 60s or the 40s? I don't know, some era that's a long time ago. These books have been written for a long time. Anyways, so uh, that's that plot line with Jughead. Uh, Archie's real mad that... Um, People are, you know, still working with uh, what's his nuts. Um, he's uh, he's got this thing. He's like Dodger. There you go, Dodger. That's how you remember his name because it's stupid. There's a gangster named Dodger. He's the one that Archie beat up, has beat up like three times now, threatened at least twice. Anyways, he keeps threatening Dodger, and Dodger's like, "But I own this cool arcade shop and pizza place, and I need all these kids to do my gangster shit." ironically if dodger was better at dodging maybe he wouldn't have gotten beat up all those times yeah you know dodger's just like he's just like what's the most generic gangster character we can create that (laughs) also doesn't his business model doesn't make sense because like i don't think pizza and arcade is really going to keep a business open these days dog but whatever (laughs) i also just want to point out that at one point archie pulls off his mask right after delivering a warning to one of dodger's crew and i'm like why doesn't he just slip the kid his headshot yeah, yeah. Like he just—he's oh not God. good at this. Archie is ter- as a terrible vigilante, uh, and he keeps taking his mask off, like he's in some fucking mid two thousand superhero movie, and they really want you to see who they cast. And it's just—it's bad. It's bad. Archie's bad at everything, though. So Archie's I mean, not this good, is at, just good at fighting. He, he good. Punch. He punched. He punched real good. Anyway, so him the everyone around is getting mad about all these delinquent kids. And uh, Archie's solution to this is to hold a big press conference and be like, Hey, you guys might not like what I'm doing, but I just want you to know my best friend's father is the sheriff. And if you mess with me, I'm going to punch you real good. We're doing good things for these kids, even though I seem like a violent sociopath. <laughs> um, and that's his, uh, that's his entire thing. Do you think Archie has um, the warrior gene? I don't uh, know, I mean, you know. No, just good, good good question wait are you saying that because he's from new zealand no that's awful oh you're awful i owe archie a haiku i'm sorry anyways uh yeah so um that's pretty much archie's plot this episode uh oh also there's a great line where jughead invites his dad to come to the meeting of like the first uh unveiling of this new baxter brothers book and uh fp is like they'd probably make me wear a tie but in the scene, FP is wearing a tie, so it's like, dude, you like don't just don't take off the tie you have on now. Like, what the fuck? Is it supposed to be like him being like, I'm everything I hate. I am a cop when I should not be. Like maybe it was like some I think weird unconsciously, elder yes. malaise. Yeah, so I may maybe that was actually some good writing. Uh, also, what's great is that Skeet Ulrich always looks done with this shit in every scene. Of, uh, <laughs> of this episode like there's so many times when he puts his glasses like down the rim of his nose to like give someone a look and it's all like bitch i was in scream and the, <laughs> the fuck do you want you think okay? he thinks about that every time they say cut i was in scream once <laughs> and the craft oh, yeah. poor son of a bitch and the craft yeah. look what i've become <laughs> look what i've become they make me wear a tie and a blazer i was the, <laughs> I was the sexy teen once well now Archie. he's the hottest riverdale dad yeah he is he, well because the other ones keep dying uh anyways um so that's pretty much that plot line um is there anything i really missed oh yeah there's sorry 
in Archie's big thing, he's getting the Bulldogs to start a Big Brothers program, which, I mean, if you know any of the cast of, like, the Riverdale Bulldogs, what, first season, they were doing a bunch of sexual harassment to ladies. Uh, like, two episodes ago, Reggie was beating the shit out of his dad's car and getting beat <laughs> up. Um, you know, I just don't, like, they're always drinking. They're always drinking. I just don't think the Riverdale Bulldogs um, have done any good for the humanity. Wasn't half of the alt-right shirtless gang? Wait, I'm pretty sure all of the alt-right no, all shirtless of gang. All of the alt-right shirtless gang was all part of the Bulldogs. They are not good role models. Keep them away from your children. Hide your kids. Hide your kids. I don't think, I, I, actually, though, I don't think any of these people are good role models for kids. So, I mean, it's you true. don't have a lot to choose from. Oh, by the way. We don't call Jughead Jughead anymore. We call him Forsyth because the that's third. what he wants to be called. The third. He what? actually says the third. What? The third. Where Forsyth did he get that shit from? Well, because his dad is technically Forsyth the second, and his uh-huh. grandpa is Forsyth the fourth. The, sorry, the first. What? Not the fourth. <laughs> it was a very confusing naming convention, okay? Wow. We don't look into it all. They're going that. backwards. <laughs> What happens to be at the foresight the zero? Does the world explode? I, you know, it's good. It's a good question. I don't know what's happening. Um, and then we get the other part of this episode is we do get a uh, a coda, a little ending note that hints towards the future, and it's just a scene of all these kids sitting in, you know, sitting in class. And they get arrested for the murder of Jughead Jones. They murder Jughead, and FP is taking him in. Um, and that's and just no, none be of a them thing. actually like respond at all. Like, there's no reaction. Yeah. There's no emotional reaction from Jughead's father, who's arresting them. None of the accused yeah, murderers. Well, none of their classmates. I mean, just, like, I feel like if, if I was if I was so, Jughead's dad, I'd be sort of happy. So okay, wow rude jughead jughead is gonna be the next truman capote okay <laughs> not anymore <laughs> no nah, well not anymore but see my theory is that so before that they introduced the murder mystery thing like in order to become the next writer they have to do a murder mystery and i think jughead faked his own death so that he would win the stonewell prep competition so that he could write the next thing of the baxter brothers which, while it does seem like a ridiculous amount to do to write for a, what is ostensibly a children's book uh, that most people make fun of, um, he would probably do it. And the show would think that would be a good way a good way for every character to use their time. Um, is, like, can um, you just imagine being a pretentious, like, child? The, the type of dude who's like, yeah, Edgar Allan Poe's not cool. H.P. Lovecraft is cool. And then being like, I'm super excited to write the next Hardy <laughs> Boys book. H.P. Lovecraft would have loved the Baxter Brothers. And then everyone goes, uh, Let's uh, <laughs> not look into your lineage, Jughead. Uh, are they European descent? Because if not, he probably didn't. Forsyth the Cancelled. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah. Um, did I miss any important plot points before we get to a very special segment, Feleska? Uh I don't think you missed anything. I didn't miss anything because this episode featured zero Cheryl Blossoms, and therefore it sucks. No, she Anyways, was in, like, one scene, I think. Oh, maybe she was in one scene. And it had to do uh, with the doll, but there's more oh, about no, that Oh, no, that's the how the one. next episode opens. Okay, yeah, we'll get into that. It'll be fun. Valeska, uh, um, we're bringing back the slam book. Yeah, we are. Back the slam book. Let's hear it. Okay, so I have a few different categories for this episode. Best name, Charles Chickens. Most likely to succeed at serial killing, Betty Cooper? Worst Riverdale name, Tucci Bags. Worst dressed, Hermione Lodge, because Prison Orange doesn't suit her. Best dressed, Kevin Keller, because FBI Blue does. Least welcome visage, Hal fucking Cooper. Oh my god, Lachlan Monroe's name is in the opening credits, and I almost projectile vomited. And that's okay. it for the slam book. Wow. Okay. Okay. How many river punches would would my description so far get from you, Jason? I really feel like this was kind of a subpar episode based upon your description of it. There wasn't any rockets to space. There wasn't any cannibal fetuses. I'm going to go, 
eh, five and a half river punches. And um, this episode was named after the film Witness to the Prosecution. Uh-huh. And uh, if I recall, that movie does not end with someone just calling up the governor and being like, yo, get my folks out of prison. <laughs> no, oh, does I'm not. The, I'm the governor. I'm totally okay with this. <laughs> um, Valeska, how many river punches you give this app? Uh, 47. 47. Wow. Okay, okay. And uh, I would right. give it... Uh, I would give it a river crack, so like a point two five. Wow, episode, this episode sucked. This is lame. Although I do like Hermosa. Hermosa is there; she's cool. She's she gonna gets cause better some trouble. Stuff. Oh, she's gonna cause some trouble for damn boys and girls. It's gonna be great. Uh, and um, yeah, so we'll get into that right now. That's my tradi- transition noise that I always use because uh, obviously I always go when I'm taking out my notes for the next episode. Uh, yes, so episode five finally brings us back Six. to the world. Oh, yes. Well, episode five Sorry. brought us back to the world of me not knowing math, not knowing This is numbers. hereditary, correct? Yes, this is hereditary. Um, no chopped off heads. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm done with this uh, episode we- already. I'm sorry, uh, but we do get an ep- We do this episode does start out with some uh, wonderful quotes by Jughead, uh, which I'm not going to throw into the theater mode again. But uh, let's just say, uh, meanwhile in existential hell, I was facing the tyranny of a blank page. I love that line. I I I both love that line and also I'm like, bitch, you can clearly write. Like that's some writer ass line you just spoke. So I don't think you just came up with that. It's not improv. So Jughead, you're fine. Just write. And now for our next scene of Riverdale Masterpiece Theater, we have a conversation between Jughead and Betty. I, of course, will be playing Jughead, for I am an asshole. And Alaska will be playing Betty. Because she's a nerd? And maybe a serial killer? We're not sure. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? The story in this one, written by Frosty Pajamas. What? That sounds like a joke. Or it's a pen name. Think about it. Frosty is almost an anagram for Forsyth, and Pajamas for PJs. P&J, Pendleton, and Jones. Um, and then he just keeps ranting and raving about his life to uh, to Betty, and Betty's just like, why don't, why don't you kiss your girlfriend? And then he just keeps ranting, and she's like, no, but for real, you should kiss your girlfriend. And then they kiss, and you're like, yeah. Jughead is, like, so pretentious, he forgets to kiss his girlfriend or show her any affection. Sad. Hashtag sad. It's very <laughs> sad. Single tear. Single tear. Well, soon going to be uh, Jughead crying all single tears because she going to dump his ass into a gorge because she murdered him. Uh, anyways, uh, let's talk about Cheryl now. So we've got Cheryl. Um, do you remember what plot lines uh, Cheryl is up to, Jason? What, what, what's Jason What's Jason thinking about Cheryl right now? I couldn't tell you what the fuck Cheryl is doing, which is sad because she's the patron saint of this podcast. Yeah. And well, it's... Um, I have no idea what she's doing because she... I feel like I haven't heard her name in a long time. Um, I think you got momentary amnesia because she's the one who cannibalized that baby. She was the cannibal fetus. Oh, okay, yes, excuse me. Yep, she's the cannibal fetus. She's the cannibal fetus. And her brother, uh, who she cannibalized, is Julian the doll. And uh, the doll is still kicking around. She has this great nightmare where she's like, everybody is just standing there with the doll. And they're like, Cheryl, we need your soul so we can put it in Julian. No, 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 no. They say, Cheryl, Julian needs a body, so we're going to take yours. Oh, yes. So that's even scarier. So so refresh me on Julian. He's just, uh, he's the boy. Okay, 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 gotcha. He was the hamburger fetus. Gotcha, I gotcha. (laughs) He was the hamburger fetus, I got it. The hamburger fetus, yes. Uh, And then she does, uh, eventually, she's waking up, and she's just like, Cheryl's just sitting there reading a book. Tony comes in, and Tony's all like, I'm tired of this gothic nonsense. Go to school like a normal person. You gotta go to school. (laughs) I get that we're living in some weird gothic world, and it will, of course, continue to this very weird paperback gothic romance plot. 
well, you gotta go to school. And then Cheryl's like, but I'm worried about the evil doll. But she solves it perfectly. Yeah. Jason, yeah. what do you do to keep an evil doll in one spot? Use rope? No, oh, you use no, salt. No. You use oh, salt. salt. Of course, salt. You can, yeah, yeah. yeah, evil you dolls raise, can't cross salt. You I raise the sodium level in any room and that ghost <laughs> ain't getting in. So she does like a why salt circle around the doll to keep it from So why not just take the doll and throw it into the ocean? That's, yeah. Will we actually kind of do something like that a little bit later on? Oh, okay, okay. All right. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, and then she's like, fine, I'll go. I will go to school. So she goes to school, and then all of a sudden, bring, bring, Cheryl, come to the principal's office. So she goes. And then, the, and then like, I'm amazed by the amount of information that this uh, secretary was given for the school <laughs> uh, because she just delivers the whole synopsis out to her. She's like, Yo, some baby choked on a ping pong ball. Don't worry, it was Dagwood, your least favorite baby, but you're probably still worried. And then Cheryl's like, no, not Dagwood. And he got and a tracheotomy. Like, yeah, they gave him a baby tracheotomy. What? They gave the baby a tracheotomy. Um, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. So uh, baby trachs uh, happening, but the baby's <laughs> fine. It's all good. So this baby, cho- first of all, they just have ping pong balls just hanging around the house. And See, the baby... Ate a ping pong ball. They don't have a ping pong table. Now, now, Cheryl did just have a party, and at that party, there probably was beer pong because oh. none of these assholes are creative enough to do any other drinking game. No, that I would have loved it if she was like, uh, what the fuck is wrong with you, baby Dagwood? I swallowed an entire fetus when I was a baby. <laughs> yeah, get it together. You can't swallow a ping pong ball? Don't you know what I've been through? So then she goes back, she finds the salt line broken, and she's like, oh my god, what is happening? The doll. And then she and then goes downstairs sudden... to the Blossom Chapel, which <gasps> I actually did frame by frame and counted the number of lit candles that are like in the hallway leading to it and in the chapel itself. 60 unattended lit candles. The Blossom this Chapel is, not... is a goddamn fire hazard. This is not a safe place for infants to be. Well, don't there's, worry. There's not an infant down there. There's a corpse and a doll. Yeah, but the infant can get down there. Get the goal. Got the ping pong balls. No, no, no. No one's allowed down there but Cheryl. So as long as <laughs> yeah, they know that's that. Right. As a father of, um, <laughs> you know, an infant and uh, two three-year-olds, they always do what they're supposed to do. And if you just say to them, "Don't go down there, baby. Babies ain't going there." Yeah, exactly. That's how that that's, works. You know, that's good to know. Good to know that you have obedient babies that will also be mentioned <laughs> in the divorce court hearings. Um, <laughs> under subsection B, blatant lies. Um, <laughs> then, uh, you know, we have a nice moment where Cheryl has some family time with two new members of the family who just showed up. And might I add, these are members of the family that did not show up for Jason Blossom's funeral. Also, can I ask, Just um, point that out. where's the, the baby with the tracheotomy? They're not visiting the baby at the fucking hospital? No, the baby's fine. They just now. do the tracheotomy and throw the baby right back yeah. in the playpen. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. No, Nana Rose is still at the hospital with Dagwood and, uh, I think Juniper oh, okay. as well. Okay. Oh, okay. The babies are with the, the eye patch nanny. Actually, I don't know what the fuck Juniper's doing. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Eye patch nanny knows, that's for sure. She sees all. I guess the baby picked up the fucking ping pong ball on the patch sides, that's why. She doesn't have yeah. the eye patch anymore, but we have no explanation for it still. <laughs> what, what, is Jesus Christ. what is happening? Uh anyways, so uh now we get two new members of the family. Um we all of a sudden get introduced to Aunt Cricket and Uncle Bedford. Ugh. Who just show up. And again, might I add, there have been multiple people in this family who have died. We did not like did did they did they bury her dad? I mean, her dad died. Who even so knows? They must, they must have buried him. He's in a barrel in the shed. <laughs> Probably. Uh, she, he's not good enough to be stuffed. He's in like a barrel. Like she's just I, like get him the fuck away from me. I Make mean, him ferment some whiskey or something. But like, if we're being honest, Jason Blossom looked like a corpse even before he died. So it's possible they didn't even realize boom. there was a funeral. <laughs> damn damn well getting the slam I, book started early i see i don't i'm um, not a fan of uh ant cricket that's not that's not that's not uh no it's fine no, i don't think anyone no. in the entire world is a fan of these two characters 
Um, yeah, so they just show up. Uh, one of my notes here is, I wish I was a Cheryl relative, but no, of course not. I'm stuck being normal. Um, you so just they show up. Name to Blossom. There you go. That's true. I could. Uh, and uh, they're like, "Yo, we want to take over the family business and own everything as a family." But first, we want to pray at the chapel. And then Cheryl's like, no, no chapel. Don't pray there. Go pray anywhere else but the chapel. And they're like, but it's our chapel. And I'm, all, and I'm like, we did not know this chapel existed until last season. <laughs> they didn't even hold funerals in this chapel. Nobody went to this chapel. Now it's the most popular chapel in town. I don't understand. I mean, it's really just like a little closet, like a little it's cellar a closet. It's a closet, man. That's, fuck, Carrie's mom would throw Carrie in there and pray. Like, it's not an impressive chapel. It's mean. It's a bad chapel. It's got stinky-ass dead man in there now. And a bunch oh, of rats. Oh, that's why they have so many lit candles. They're scented. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. This is all... It Use a like glitch plug-in. Down there. Yeah, man, it's great. It smells great. You know, reverse <laughs> everything I said. Anyways, uh, they want to go down. She's like, no, 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 you ain't going down. Um, and then, uh, one of them does get down, finds a body, and goes, Cheryl, you are messed up. You're bad. I'm gonna tell everyone on you. I'm Uncle Bedford. He has a far more reasonable reaction to Jason's presence in the chapel than Tony ever did. Well, but then he gets, like, super abusive, and I'm like, fuck you. See, I'm, I hate Uncle Bedford. As soon as he goes, like, you're a crazy woman, I'm like... Just let her do what she wants with her Etsy body. I don't know. Like, have a good time. She just put a little party hats on him. It's good. Have a birthday party. Anyway. Uh, excuse me, Uncle Bedford. You married a woman named Cricket. Okay? Well, it's unclear if they're married, by the oh. way. Oh, oh, oh. So they could be brother and sister. They all have yeah. red hair, so it's, like, really gotcha. questionable. It's the whole Blossom thing. Oh, yeah. All the Blossoms are incest. Yeah. Oh, maybe they're also Ooh. related to... Maybe it's both. Maybe it's both. <laughs> Maybe this is the serial killer gene coming out in Cheryl. V.C. Uh, Andrews is ghostwriting this entire section. The Blossoms have the incest gene. <laughs> oh, that V.C. Andrews joke is A+. Plus. Um, so, yeah, so Uncle Bedford's all like, I'm, you're a bad girl and I'm going to hurt you by slamming you against this wall. And then Tony's like, ka-ching, and, and just whacks him on the head. a hammer against his head. I thought oh it was God. a candlestick. Was it? Was I thought it was like a candelabra, like it was like something I wasn't that you would. Attention. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> it's Uncle Bedford. I, well, I ca- Who cares? I care. Did Uncle Bedford like, die from this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we hope so. Yeah, yeah. We, oh, we, we we're not clear. Maybe they're just gonna add another body down there, and then it's just like it's <laughs> just roll them right into the chapel. Just gonna Maybe like they'll... remove his vocal cords. Oh yeah, man! It'll be like some <laughs> eyes of my mother romantic stuff. Like it'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think that um, they will try to put Julian's soul into Uncle Bedford's body? Yes. If that that's that's my guess, like because he's like you know they bonked him on the head. Well now they're just gonna do some wooji 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 magic, and then all of a sudden, bam, Julian's got a body back, and he's back I mean, in business. I nothing that you would posit for Cheryl's storyline would surprise me. Yeah, I I remember when she was a normal character and she just had normal problems. This is so much and better though. This is better. I do love it because it is just clearly a gothic romance, but now she's, like, so disconnected from everyone else this season, which, again, this season is garbage so far, so, like, I'm not that sad about it. But it's just, you know, it's weird. It's weird. Looking at um, images of Uncle Bedford on um, on Google, I feel like Julian's going to be, like, enter his body and be like, uh, No, thank you. No, thanks. Put me back in the doll. Like, eh, no peg. Put me back I prefer the doll. I don't want to be in this. This guy's some ugly ass man. Um, Why does so he just take we... Jason's body? I mean, if he's like I think it magical and could move like the I... doll. Oh, that's true. Um, I mean, like it's like a heavier doll, basically. Decomp would probably make that Uncle Weekend at Bernie's go very bad. Um, I believe his head would fly off. I wonder if people would question that. I'd just be like, if Cheryl just like showed up with like jo- zombie Jason at school, they'd just be like, yeah, it's just like a normal day at Riverdale High. Like, They're you do blossoms. you. You're, it's fine. You're student body president. Do what you want. Anyway, so now we get uh, a scene. Let's go speed through the Archie plot line. Archie shows up at his bar. Not it's not a bar, but it could be a bar, but it's not. It's his home away from home that was originally a boxing gym, but now is like a way home for wayward children. 
and will further deviate from being a boxing gym even though it has a giant boxing ring in the front anyway so he shows up turns out dodger has done trash the place and the only interesting note i have here is that reggie goes what and he says it exactly like mark Wahlberg from the happening um and i was like man if only the plants could take their revenge on these characters i was gonna Um, say the teen dealers we find out actually literally get paid in pizza and arcade tokens like they're not even doing it for money yeah they're not supporting their families or themselves I mean, I guess pizza counts as food, but I mean, <laughs> Dad, it's just pizza again. This is the three hundredth night in a row we've eaten pizza. And you know, they're just getting slices. They're not bringing back like a party size to their house. Now we must we must discuss how Archie, in his infinite wisdom, decides to solve this problem by getting Veronica to get him a bunch of arcade machines. What? That's that's a solution. Not to make a pizza oven. Like they, you're missing a, a, an important ingredient. They get fed in pizza. They're not just going to show up to your arcade. Apparently they do, and it solves the problem. But, well, that's because uh, she's also offering one night only of burgers and shakes and fries from Pops. Oh yes, because it's not like economically feasible to do that every night. Hey, I mean, when does Veronica understand the economic feasibility of running Pops? Um, a lot, actually. She talks about it a lot. She's never quite good at business, I think. I, I think For she, a I teenager. Think, I think all characters in this show just say they're good at business, and they're just like Vincent Adultman. With <laughs> business, 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 business. It's We're great. going to the business now to do We're business to, stuff. <laughs> We're going to the business now. Uh, anyways, so um, also Archie has a meeting with Hiram, and he's like, Oh, wait, sorry. This happens after Archie and his mom almost get shot by a drive-by shooting. Blah, blah, blah. Same old typical nonsense. Oh, yeah, uh, Dodger gets really mad, puts a knife in his, like, like, I think he puts, like, a fabric of some type up against Archie's door with a knife, and you're like, oh, he's leaving Archie a sign. Okay, that makes sense. And then he was like, just in case he didn't get the sign, he also does a drive-by shooting. And uh, my, my reaction to that is, like, why would you do one if you're going to do the other? Because then he would be expecting it. Why would you just not stab anything to his door and just go boom, 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 boom and then he's just gone? He wouldn't have ducked. So it gone. was a warning drive-by shooting? Um, yeah, it was like basically the knife was a warning that the drive-by shooting was about to happen, so he knew to duck with his mom and be like, Mom, we're about to get shot in this drive-by uh, shooting, and then they don't get shot. Or maybe he was just marking house- the house for the drive-by shooter because they didn't have a GPS <laughs> or Google Maps. <laughs> Fair, fair. They need that drive-by shooting app. Uh, it would probably help mark the locations. Uh, Alexa, find me Archie's house so I may shoot it. No. And then uh, that's why they had to do the knife. Cause Alexa Sweet Jesus. Uh, anyway, so Archie's response to this is to bring Hiram Lodge in and be like, Yo, Hiram, you're not in jail, and before you offered me a blank check to solve all my financial woes, but I skipped that plot line because it was fucking stupid and boring, and he said no. But now he's going, Hey, Hiram, could I use your help? This gangster guy, he's causing some shit. And Hiram's like, You wouldn't be asking me to do anything illegal. Why aren't you talking to the cops? And then Archie's like, Well, I did talk to FP, who is the sheriff, so I have talked to the cops, but this dude is slippery and he's going to escape. And then Hiram's like, Okay, well, maybe something will happen but it won't be bad or illegal and then he shows up the next day and the dude is like rolled up in a carpet half beat to death um and we have no proof that it was Hiram Lodge because I don't know I think Hiram was busy fucking at the time so I'm not sure but oh uh, yeah him and Hermione are back together well yeah him and Hermione get back together in the Veronica plot line which we'll go to next uh Veronica uh that uh age-old alibi of I was fucking he was fucking um, Velasca, <laughs> how would you describe their reuniting as a man and wife? Kind of hot. It's the, it's, it is. It was kind of hot because Hiram just shows up like with all the buttons down on his shirt. No, he like, like strips while he's talking to her. He like oh, takes it all true. off. Yeah, he's just taking it off while he's talking to her, and while he just kind of like she's just going from the kitchen to get a glass of water. And, like, again, that's the least thing you expect in the middle of the night when you're going to get a glass of water because you just woke up is to see your ex-husband just weirdly stripping in the corner and being like, the fuck? What are you doing here? And then, he's, and then they're just having a chat about murder. And then he's like, well, I could get you murdered. And then she's like, well, why don't you just get me off? No, instead? what she actually says go, is over my dead body, which is not something you say to someone who has coppos. 
Yeah, that's mm. fair. Just, Listen, yeah. sometimes you go to the kitchen and get some water and come back and you just see your ex-husband's wang. That's just I how mean, it works. Tale as old as time. <laughs> and uh, that will be uh, subject to the court case following the divorce trial. As Jason <laughs> refuses to leave the house and attempts to do some Hiram Lodge shenanigans and is never seen on the podcast again. <laughs> That is your flash forward for us, just like Archie is doing a flash forward. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So they they bang in, and then um, now it's I guess Hermosa is also living in the house now because Hira moves back in. Hermione is like they can come back in. So then Hermosa is also living there, and Hermosa has taken up Veronica's office. And um, so there's always been this photo of Veronica sitting on there painting. with like some weird pose. It's like, like a commission a paint- painting. Yeah, it's like a commission paint painting. And apparently the guy is a local or Hiram just got one made for each one of his kids and he just cycles it out for which one he likes best because they're in the same outfit. <laughs> or he just got like some cheap spray paint and just like spray painted <laughs> on the new face. I don't know. Anyways, now it's the other daughter is uh, is on the photo looking all looking all prim and proper because now she daddy's favorite. She daddy's Uh-oh. favorite. Fuck you, Veronica. I'm daddy's favorite. Hey, are you going to show up to they're renewing their vows? Uh they want you to be there. And Veronica's like, "I was gonna." And then I saw this fucking painting and now I'm like, "Fuck that. Screw you, dad." Um, although, like, I really wish you would have got the scene of them renewing their vows, because can you imagine that? Hiram, you tried to have me killed, framed, and disbarred forever. You truly are the gateway to my heart and soul. Hiram just starts stripping right there. <laughs> Hermione, don't pay attention to all the terrible things I've done. Just Instead, check out my abs. Pay attention to my beautiful abs, which are way better than Chad Michael Murray's were last episode. Kuchang. And then they did kiss and they make love in front of everybody, and it's weird. Uh, but Hermosa is weirdly into it because, like, she's just weird like that. Uh, oh, also, uh, Hermosa and uh, Hiram are both really into rum. Yeah, me too, buddy. Who isn't? Yeah. yeah it's man. his passion. It's his passion. I actually hate rum. And then it's like, it's his passion. And then if I was Veronica, I'd be like, is that because he's an alcoholic? Like, I don't think, I don't think anyone who's not an alcoholic, uh, you know, has a passion. It is a good callback to the first season when he was like inviting Archie to come into his office and try the special rum. Oh, that's true. The special rum. Mm -hmm. I don't want to know what's in it. I don't don't know what's in it. I call this cocaine. It's my passion. (laughs) (laughs) Heroin. It's the passion of my life. They murder now. They want to fuck. That sums up that entire plot line because that was one of my uh, one of my lines. Actually, um, one of his lines is, um, "What was it? Other couples." Do you remember yeah. the line? <laughs> Not off the top of my head. Fuck, it was so good. It, I wish I could remember. It was it. so good, but it was just like other couples argue about who pays for pizza. We put out we, hits on each other. We put out hits on each other, and it's just like uh, the most it's ridiculous. Really not romantic. Time. It's hot. Not, not at all. But hey, man, it works. It works. You see the scar from the bullet from the hitman that you shot me in the neck. Uh, I mean, hot. Uh, I mean, like, I guess it's because like Hermione, like, they can't make Hermione hook up with uh, Archie's dad anymore because he did. So I don't know. It's not good. Um, anyway, so let's go on to uh, Jughead. Speaking of people whose dads are alive, uh, Jughead, um, he's really getting into the books and he's like gonna be there and hang out. And is this when they have the murder off? No, I guess that was last episode. I left off that when they had their meeting about the new book, uh, they played the game Murder and then Archie was the murderer. Sorry, Jughead. Jughead was the murderer and Jughead winked at all the people and the, he won the murder competition because. Oh, wow, Jughead's so good at murder. Brett was Anyways, not happy about that. No, no, he is not happy about that at all. Uh, and Jughead thinks his grandpa wrote the books, so he confronts Mr. Kappa Turtle Man, and he's like, 
you didn't write the first Baxter Brothers mystery novel. And then uh, Turtle Man gets really mad, gets his shell in a bunch and goes, <laughs> How dare you say this about me? Ah, this means a lot to me and the family. And now I sound like a He-Man villain for some reason. <laughs> yes, <he does. laughs> but I wrote those books. How dare you accuse me of plagiarism, He-Man? And then Jughead is like, Bitch, I know you plagiarized it. Let's fight to the death. So then he goes to Mr. Chippins, and he's like, Oh, Mr. Chippins, please, sir. Why did you sound like Oliver Twist? I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, okay? I don't know what's happening. Uh, Yeah, so he asks Mr. Chippins for help. Mr. Chippins goes, Yeah, sure, I'll help you. It's my responsibility as a teacher. How How does he help, Jason? Oh, Jesus. Um... Probably in the most unhelpful way possible would be my guess. Um, selling off some incest babies um, to uh, you know chip in some extra money. No, he just jumps off. He jumps through a window. Commits suicide. Oh, okay. He just, well, that... he just jumps. And like Jughead is like, oh my god! And there's an entire class here. And like Jughead looks at the rest of his classmates and is like, guys, um, he just jumped. Uh, Call 911. Call 911. And they all look at him like, what? We are rich people. We don't know these poor people numbers. What are you talking about? No, they I mean, that's probably the most. Him. Yeah. That's probably the most realistic thing that's ever happened in the show is rich people being like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. yeah. Rich people don't and then the next scene is literally the, uh, is literally a super preppy dude being like, well, here we got a 4.0 now because she killed himself. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. This class has been canceled now. And then the turtle shows up and it's like, bow, 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 bow. I ain't as cool as a ninja turtle, but I am your teacher now, bitch. Wait, wait, wait. So is that how they think the world works? Is that if you can convince your teacher to commit suicide, you just get a 4.0 in that class? Yeah, that's what they think. But I guess because of the trauma. I guess of the trauma. They did not seem like, traumatized. They well, of course not. But I mean, like I don't know. They probably act like it. They're like, woohoo! I am sad. Please give me great grades. And they're like, yeah, convince me. It's like when Mr. Burns um, was trying to smile. That's them trying to cry. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect comparison. Perfect comparison. Uh yeah. But now the turtle man is the teacher, and that's about it. Oh, what did Betty do this time? Oh, yeah, she just starts stalking her uh, brother. So we found like, out that Betty knows how to do um, polygraph machine technician oh stuff. Oh, God. So you can add that to hostage negotiation and bomb disarming as things that she can somehow just, like, magically do. Yeah, like, I don't know. Does she have the fucking FBI genes? Like, don't they don't deal they don't deal with any of her greatness at any other thing except serial killing. And she didn't, like, like this- establish a base reading. She didn't ask any control questions. She's just like, okay, so you a fucking killer charles and then we find out the secret the truth that charles has been hiding he goes to narcotics anonymous yeah he's a narcotics anonymous that's it that's a secret they don't even give it like a a riverdale style fake name which i was expecting like the janglers or something like that (laughs) janglers i don't know like they're gonna come up with something that was his drug (laughs) of choice he was into the jingle jangle yeah oh and also she goes to visit chick in um, the yes. most gorgeous and quiet and just like stylish prison I've ever seen. It was completely empty, very dimly and beautifully lit. Yep. No guards. As, as, as all, yeah, as all prisons are. Uh, My I mean, main like, note I'm, is, ugh, fucking chick is back. Question yeah. Back. Chick, is, chick is beyond the worst character. We literally thought he died. And then he came back, and then we found out he was a gargoyle king. And now Betty is like, hey, you were the gargoyle king last time, but none of us are ever going to utter the word gargoyle king except for once in this season, so uh, let's not discuss it. Um, And just tell me about my brother, the murderer, and all the drugs you guys used to do. And, um, yeah, and then Chick tells him some information. That's why she interviews him. And you're like, "Why why would you talk to Chick at all? That character sucks. Keep him in jail. That's all I have to say about that. Sounds good. Uh, <laughs> slam book? We got some slamming? Uh, well, first I want to say that at one point, Reggie and Archie are walking down Sketch Alley, and they see a bloody blanket rolled around what is obviously a dead body. And instead of calling the police, they start to unroll it. As you do. As you do. <laughs> you know, put your fingerprints as much as you possibly can in that dead body. So stupid. Okay, slam book. Best name, 
Bitsy Bane. Worst name, Frosty Pajamas. Best dressed, Cheryl Blossom in her straight jacket style sweater and Tony in her plaid pajamas. Worst dress, Alice Cooper. Sorry, Alice. Worst face, Chick. Worst Riverdale name probably would have been whatever they called Narcotics Anonymous, but they didn't bother, so whatever. Hmm. I feel like this episode was better than the last episode. That's that's just the feeling I get from your guys' energy. Like, that's how I rate my river punches is based on, you know, how um, excited you guys are about it. That's a lot of empathy Uh, from you, Jason. You are obviously not a serial killer. (laughs) I have the gene, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Passed out on my father's side. Of course. Um, I'm going to say, you know, 85 river punches. Okay, okay, fair, fair. Um, I don't know, two? Um, wow. That scene with Hermione and Hiram was kind of hot, so I'm going to give it 69 river punches. Oh, nice. Spicy. Nice. Na- <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, congratulations. Um, we are going to be doing two episodes from here on out. Hopefully there'll be two uh, more interesting episodes because uh, we got like a lot of like really good, two interesting, crazy chunks here. But we did get some nice wackiness from this batch, like uh, you know, Hermosa yeah. having like the exact same painting, Mister Chippins just killing himself, Archie taking his mask off whenever, Archie finding a dead body and like rolling it out, like sorry, a carpet and just unrolling it, even though it's clearly got a dead body in it. Uh, you know, some good ways of solving crime is to just build more arcades, even though every arcade went out of business decades ago. Got some candelabra. To, uh, more you know. poor Caramel, the cat. Yes, R.I.P. Caramel. This, uh, Caramel, uh, if you're listening, uh, this episode is dedicated to you. We love you, Caramel. <laughs> what, do you think that, you. that, do you think that was a Vancouver cat? Do you think they probably oh, yeah. filmed that in They're Vancouver. They're not gonna, like, import a cat. I, I look. I don't know. Maybe that's the one thing they imported. Like they. We need a French cat for this scene. <laughs> bring a French cat in. They bring a French so cat in, and then they the like dub in an English cat's meow. <laughs> uh, I like that. Um, I just like that. That's the only piece of information or any piece that they act that any of the fucking the producers actually gave a fuck about is where the cat came from. <laughs> serious business. It's serious business. Just like, Jason, you're serious business all the time. Where mm-hmm. can we find more of your work on the internet? Um, I don't know. I'm on Twitter and stuff. Cannibal Fetus, I think, right now. Um, I do stuff on Bloody Good Horror occasionally. Write some stuff. Do some podcasts on Electric Terror, which is uh, a um, you know, spinoff of Bloody Good Horror, where we talk about horror television with Andrew and Sophie, who's on this podcast, and um, Luke. So you can check that out. I mean, if you really want to. If you want to. Um, if you listen to this and you're like, no thanks, I understand. <laughs> Valeska, where can we find you on the internet? Um, I'm on Twitter at BitchCraftTO. I don't usually talk about Riverdale, but I might start if you start following me. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's a, that's a promise, folks. That's trademarked um, because that's what promises are. They're trademarked. It's not a promise. It's a potential. Uh, it's a potential. It's a potential. Uh, and as always, you can find me uh, living out some gothic romance fantasy uh, and getting beat to death with a candelabra. <laughs> um, if you want to uh, follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at mpodcastm, or you can email us at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com. And as always, punch the rivers. Bye. Bye. See ya.